You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hi, we're the Andraskas, and we'll be reading the scripture for today. The first scripture comes from Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the spirit with the peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God also called you in one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. First Peter 5.5 5. In the same way, we urge you who are younger, accept the authority of the elders and everyone. Clothe yourself with humility toward each other. God stands against the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. But I'm thankful for the Andrasco sharing the scripture with us this morning and sharing uh, their extended family with us also. So um, once again, thank you for gathering with us this morning together in this way. And uh, thank you for your uh, willingness to give us some extra time to try to make it work. Um, this morning, we, we're continuing a series, and I couldn't help but chuckle to myself, called, called Winning. Right? <laughs> and I think this is just another example of, of how hard it is to find wins in 2020. And so if I can get kind of an amen on that one, I would appreciate it. Um, and that's why I, I thought about this series and why I thought that it was important, because there has been so much focus on winning recently, But there's been so many places where we do not feel like we are winning in life. Um, Perhaps on the other side of that coin, when we do win, when when we are called back to work, or when we do get good news in this season, I feel like it becomes even more celebratory because just of how difficult this year and how challenging it has been. So as as we came to this last part of this three-part series about what it means to win and what in particular... Uh, the book of Ephesians, and this morning, First uh, Peter, have to say about that. My hope was, was that we could reorient our definition of win around the way that Jesus lived that in his life and ministry. Uh, and so one of the things I noticed this week was that as the temperatures began to drop <laughs> into those 60s where it's just, it's just cold, I noticed that the temperatures began to drop, and so this week I was sliding my clothes further over because I needed to get to more of my long sleeve shirts, more of the pants. I had to dig out a couple of my jackets. I've only got two because I only wear them, you know, this season of the year. And at first I was reminded just how much my Virginia-born blood has thinned out from the years of living here in Florida. Uh, And it's always humorous to me because I recognize that I really don't have a lot of clothes, but I have to shift my entire wardrobe over to get there. And so if you're like me, even when the temperatures drop a little bit, we have to begin to rethink, uh, how will I dress myself today? And if I was to borrow the language from 1 Peter, how will I clothe myself today? So in our scriptures today, there's this question of what will I put on today? The Apostle Peter invites us to think about how are you clothing yourselves Now, if you grew up in a Christian youth group in the 1990s or the 2000s, you might fear that what comes next is the standard youth group speech about what to wear and what not to wear. We are not going there. Fear not. 
But I also want to counter any fears on the other side to say that I hope that as we look at the scripture, what we'll hear is the scriptures invite us to more than just to kind of put on a winning attitude uh, and to give ourselves a pep talk in the mirror in the morning. While those things are important and and helpful and can boost our self-confidence, what I want to do is really invite us to think about the scripture's call to put on these type of, of clothing and attitudes and perspectives that will help us to win at life. So when we begin to think about this in our series, we're going to look at what it means to win as a Christian and how we win as a follower of Jesus Christ, because that win looks different than how the world defines a win. And part of what it means to win in this way is that we don't win as individual islands, but we win together. And the momentum for this series has been looking at the more than 100 times in the New Testament, mostly in Paul's letters, that we see this phrase pop up, one another, one another. It shows up in our scripture today as each other. It may show up differently in your Bible, but this phrase, one another, I believe really epitomizes what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's the essence of our life together that that your life and my life, our individual lives are caught up within one another. And so the first week we talked about the commandment to get along with one another and that we win united, which is no small task, especially this year. Last week we talked about the command to love one another, not just those that we like, but our enemies. And how can we practically and tangibly love our enemies, those that we disagree with, those who vote differently than us, those with whom we are at odds with. So this week we'll land the plane, so to speak, on what I believe is the most challenging one another phrase that appears the most often, the command to live with humility towards one another, with humility. And so I want to begin by understanding what Peter is saying in 1 Peter 5.5. And you'll see on the screen, Peter invites us to clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. You see it there in the middle. And everyone, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. And the literal literal rendering of this passage is this. Wrap yourself up in humility towards one another. And it brings to mind the way that we get up in the morning and as the temperatures begin to drop, we have to think about how we are wrapping ourselves up. We need to make sure that we're wrapping ourselves with things that will keep us warm in these in these 60-degree temperatures that we're experiencing in the mornings, right? Because it's cold for us. And in this passage here, this idea of wrapping ourselves up with humility towards one another is such a core piece of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We know that as a follower of Jesus that what we do affects others and what others do affects us. And In many ways, this is the principle of wearing a mask, that how we live can affect others and how they live can affect us. And so we make choices that we believe don't just respect us, but to respect others. But I could see perhaps some and some Christians who might say, but wait a second. Let's make sure we don't impede upon our own personal freedoms. And I think this is where this passage of humility and an understanding of humility can become very challenging for us, either who live in the United States or have made this our home. And we have these founding ideas of freedom that 
have a different or perhaps maybe slightly changed understanding in today's world of what it means as a national value to embrace freedom. And I'm afraid what's happened is we have come to embrace freedom in such a way where it means I can do what I want, when I want, wherever I want, and if it affects you negatively, that's my freedom. And you have the same freedom to do whatever you want, however you want. And whether it affects me or not, that's your choice. And somehow we've shifted that idea so much, but we've also wrapped that nationalistic value, even though it's different maybe than the founders had in mind, and we've we've wrapped it into our, our faith and what the Bible says about freedom in such a way that it makes living in a way that is humble and with humility hard and uncomfortable and unnatural. And so I want to encourage us to remember that we have to be careful what we are wrapping ourselves up in. Maybe this feels like a new challenge for us in these days and times, but I want to encourage you at least to say that Christians throughout the generations, throughout the spectrum since Jesus, have really had to struggle with what it means and how they're going to wrap themselves up. The early Christians who lived under the Roman Empire couldn't just follow Jesus and then wrap themselves in the Roman flag if there was one. I like this quote from the author Stephen Matson, who says, Sometimes being a good Christian meant being a bad Roman. So before you accuse people of being unpatriotic, ask yourself which empire they're actually serving. And though this quote was written recently, the idea here is that this is the struggle that they were facing as Peter writes to the churches in his letter. They were trying on one hand to remain faithful to God and also recognizing that they live under Roman and under Greek rule. And they are struggling, I believe, to figure out the balance of how this works. I imagine that the original recipients of Peter's letter may have bristled like we did when it says to live in humility with one another. This idea of clothing themselves with humility. My hunch is that is as unnatural then as it is to us today. To think that we would forego our personal liberties, our personal freedoms, our choices for the sake of someone else was challenging then, and it's challenging for us today still too. And yet, that's exactly what Peter is asking of us and of the churches he wrote to. Because that's what Jesus asked of Peter. And that's the way that Jesus lived and modeled his life in the world when God sent him in the flesh. So we all like to wrap ourselves in things that we like, and I think most of that is harmless. I mean, I've wrapped myself in this shirt, and I don't think that's much of a big deal at all. I mean, this is just the outfit that I chose for today. But I'm also aware at the same time, too, that... uh, if we were talking about elementary or middle or high school students, that the things that they wrap themselves in can make a difference. Because groups will be created based on what you wear or don't, and you are either included or excluded based off of the labels or the brands or the things you wear. And I think that points to that human tendency we have to to sort and label and categorize people based on the things, the ideas, the principles that they wrap themselves in. And so Peter wants us to understand and to be aware of this. Now, 
we might also think too of someone who wraps themselves in blue and gold, or sorry, blue and orange, and and how that might become offensive to someone who wraps themselves in garnet and gold, right? Or perhaps green and orange, depending on your college affiliation. I don't think that there's maybe much division. I don't think that's the thing that we need to focus on this morning. We see that at a global scale in things like the Olympics, when uh, when when a when a winner wraps themselves in kind of their country's flag at the finish line. And what I I do want you to hear me say this morning is that I think it's okay for us to have a national sense of pride and a love for the country of our birth or a love for the country of our choice. But I want you to hear me say we do need to think deeper as followers of Jesus about the things that we wrap ourselves in because it does begin to affect others. And so in some ways, what we're feeling this morning, these these challenges and pushbacks, if you're feeling them, I feel it when I read the scripture. I believe are are the spirit of God within us reacting to maybe some of the, the ways that we have been brought up. The humility and the humbleness that Peter is talking about, though, it doesn't mean that we just decide we become a doormat. And it doesn't mean that that we just let everyone else's will and everyone else's preferences take preference over ours and we just allow people to kind of walk over us or take advantage of us or, or express their freedom at our, at, our, um, at our pain. Daniel Wallace, a professor of Greek and New Testament at Dallas Theological, puts it this way. Biblical humility is not being a doormat for an uncaring and omnipotent taskmaster. No, biblical humility is not self-deprecation or a dispensing of our self-esteem. It's, it's the opposite. And I love this line. It's the recognition that our worth is to be found in our maker. I'm going to say it again. It's the recognition that our worth is to be found in our maker. And so that's what humility is. Humility understands that despite how you and I clothe ourselves and despite what we wrap ourselves up in and despite how others choose to see us or include us or exclude us, that your worth and my worth is defined by God and that the way God sees us is as beloved children, as beloved children. So when we think about Peter's command to live with humility towards each other, what we're being told to do is to see each other as God sees us. Others are not there for us to take advantage of. Others are not less than because they are different, because they think or vote differently than we do. Others are not less than important because of who they love or how they identify. Our one anotherness, that's my made up word for today, our one anotherness means that we choose to see others as people of worth who are made in the image of God and who are deeply loved by their creator. So if we want to win at life, and I'll be honest, I'd like to win at life. We had a good loss this morning on the live stream. I'd like that to have been a win. That would have felt really good knowing that that all the time that we put into that worked, you know? But we do. We want to win at life. But I also want to follow Jesus. And so I need to redefine the way I understand what winning means. 
So I believe that when we understand who we are as children of God, and that we begin to understand that, that the people in front of us are also beloved children of God, whether they can recognize that or not, that we understand that the ground that leads up to the cross is level, and that each one of us approaches the cross at the same height. None of us are better. None of us are less than. God sees each one of us as beloved children. And so if I can ask one thing of you in this season and in the rest of this year and as we get into 2021, it's that we would please tread lightly upon one another. I want to invite us to take to heart and to practice the words from 1 Corinthians 8, 9, where it says, but watch out or else this freedom of yours might become a problem for those who are weak. And so in our prayers with God, I want to invite and ask us to become more aware of the places where where I'm insisting on my freedom at perhaps the expense of someone else. And I want to encourage us this week, when, not if, but but when, when you feel yourself getting wrapped up in in your rights and, and our freedom and our perspective, to pause for a minute. Because we don't necessarily realize what's happening in the moment but we can recognize the symptoms of the moment. In the same way, we may not realize that we are ill, but we begin to see the symptoms first, right? When we get agitated with someone else, when our blood begins to boil this week, when we ask ourselves, what planet is this person from? Like, how are they operating in this way? You have people like that in your life, right? When we begin to feel those things, it's a... Reminder for us to pause and to begin to check our pride. Pride is always the opposite of humility. And I want to invite you to ask yourself, how am I seeing this person? And then we can win by choosing to wrap ourselves with humility and by simply saying this phrase to ourselves: They are a child of God and a person of worth just like me. Maybe we need to say it a few times until we begin to believe it. Right? But I believe as we live into this, what we're doing is we are living with humility. We are recognizing the divine nature within each other. And we are creating space to live with humility. And when we do that, we allow for a different type of win. That's not the same as how the world defines it. But it's exactly the life that Jesus invited us to lead. So if we can pause this week, whether it's at the Thanksgiving table, whether that's a real table for you or a a Zoom call virtual table, a recognition of being aware of what we're experiencing. And I believe that God can work with that. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.